0: Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that everyone and anyone is welcome to enjoy, but it's also a podcast that may not be welcomed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello everyone. Hi guys. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. I'm Kayla. <laughs> and I'm Kristen, your co-host. If you guys are on Patreon, you can see that we have a little new setup going on right now because we are together for this episode. So yeah, we're sitting next to each other. Hey, it's fun. This is my house. <laughs> you can't see much of it, but it's, Thank God. it's her home. <laughs> it's actually really cute, you guys. Yeah. But maybe maybe she'll do like a tour one maybe. day. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So super excited to be back this week. We didn't put out an episode last week, but we are back and we missed you guys. So thank you for coming back. Also, before we start, if you have anything that you want to say to us in regards to maybe us having an insensitive moment or saying a joke that we thought was funny that may have not really been funny in the grand scheme of things, please send us an email or DM us. However, when you do that, (laughs) come with some motherfucking tact. Like, you got some good sense because coming at us like you don't, you know, like you want to be smacked isn't going to get you anywhere. Right. We are always open to learning and always open to being better hosts of this podcast. Um, but disrespect ain't going to get you nowhere. So if you don't come, (laughs) if you don't come over here in our DMs or in our, you know, email with love and light, bitch, get ready to fight because that's the only thing that we're going to be on. From here on out, okay? Yeah, it just makes sense. Like, if you want someone to hear you, don't berate them. Come at them, correct, and then we will always hear out, hear you out. We'll always adjust because we want to be better people anyway. Period. Let alone better co-hosts and hosts. Period. So love y'all, but the people that don't know how to talk to us, bitch, come correct, and then we might fuck with you too. Okay, are we ready to start? We're ready. I'm ready. Gary and Lavetta Green met in the late 2000s and fell in love. Within a short time, they decided to make the huge commitment of getting married. LaVetta thought she'd met the man of her dreams, the man that would love her and their three and her three children to the best of his abilities. But unfortunately, this was not the case. And the man she married turned out to be the monster of her dreams. And soon, LaVetta would find herself Not only fighting for her life, but the lives of her children as well. Join us as we discuss Lavetta's life, her brutal murder, and everything in between. Join us as we discuss her monster, Gary Green. Oh, that took me out for the count. When I tell you... This is, this is a case that really knocked me in my, um, throat pocket because I found videos of her. And when you find videos of, you know, the people that have lost their lives, it just humanizes them so, so, so much more. I felt like I knew her in some way. It was horrific. So we're going to get into it. I haven't even seen the crime scene photos yet, but just like the blurs and there's mm. already so much blood. Okay. I was about to say just a little like, warning. If you're on Patreon, you will see some graphic shit. I'm going to give you a warning before it pops up. So, you know. I love you. You're welcome. Yeah. And if you're not on Patreon, what you doing?
1: What Get you on doing? Patreon.
0: Like, what the heck? What you doing? At any level, you can catch this video and you can see our faces and see Lavetta's face. Also, I saw her name pronounced Levita and Lavetta, So I'm not really sure. Uh, I may just go, you know, I may just switch between the two. So first we're going to talk about Gary's bitch ass. Gary Green was born on March 14th, 1971. Kristen, you don't have anything for us this week, no, to you? <laughs> we don't have anything because I feel like we've done 1971 a lot. We have. We have. So we're just going to keep quiet and chill mm-hmm, on this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was born to a woman that I'm going to refer to as Mrs. Sampson. That's what her name was in the court documents. Her family had a very colorful history when it came to mental health. Mm. So Mrs. Sampson's sister was treated for mental issues when they were younger. Her stepbrother killed his wife and then committed suicide. And even her mother had to be on medication for her mental health issues. So not only were they... Mentally ill mm-hmm. in the family, but mm-hmm. they were attracting mentally ill people. Well. Because of the stepbrother. Yeah, they weren't related, like blood related right. in any way, so. But yeah. the attraction was there. This yeah. is dangerous already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her mother would often engage in bizarre behavior like faking pregnancies and miscarriages. Hmm. Which is pretty deplorable, <laughs> but I feel like almost all of us have been there. If we've all been a piece of shit at one point in our lives. Did you fake a pregnancy? No. Oh, I faked a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But that was a whole different story, you guys, that you wouldn't be judging me. You wouldn't be saying, Oh, she's horrible. You'd be like, Okay. Right. Empathy, empathy. Right. Cause if you have to go that dark I know, and fake I know, that, I know. No, no, there was, a there was empathy. Yeah, there was empathy mm-hmm. attached, I promise. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Sampson said she had nervous had a nervous breakdown while she was pregnant with Gary's younger brother named Good Lord n-y-s-a-s-n-o. N- n- mm. It's spelled n-y-s-a-s-n-o. Something is silent. <laughs> it has to be. Because what is that? There's a lot of consonants in there. I'm just confused. Okay, But it's still kind of beautiful when you look at it. Mm-hmm. it. It does seem a little exotic. <laughs> but after her stepbrother committed suicide and the pregnancy thing, she had to be prescribed a Valium. So so far, everyone has had some type of instability in their brain, you know, in their mental functioning system. And Gary is not someone that missed that mark. Gary's father, a man named Thomas Carter, spent time in a military prison for reasons I was not able to fucking find. What the heck? Yeah. With military the- in the military? Yeah, that's really the only way that okay. you end up in military, in military prison. prison? But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense but he was said to be physically and emotionally abusive toward Gary and his mother. Mm. Thomas once choked Gary's mother right in front of him. So. That type of stuff changes a boy. Yeah, they take that like to the bank. Yeah, they either repeat it Mm -hmm. or they vow vow to never. (laughs) Or Exactly. According to his mother, Gary was never really a normal kid and from an early age felt like the devil was after him. He also avoided friendships as a child because he was afraid that people would just make fun of him. Aww. Which just like been there. Done that. Been there. Also done it, but also <laughs> been on the other side of she- it. <laughs> when I meant done that, I meant done what Gary did. Like, <laughs> got away from people, not actually made fun of people. Well, I was made fun of, so I made fun of, you know? Mm-hmm. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. He cried a lot as a young boy. <laughs> And even as he got older, when he actually made friends, because apparently in high school, he like had a lot of friends, Mm -hmm. but he still preferred to be alone. Okay. In middle school, Gary once went to the roof of his school and threatened to jump off of the building. In middle school. Yes, in middle school. But his aunt talked him down. Yeah, this Mm -hmm. is a little advanced for a middle school. It's getting, it's getting, it's it's turning really quick. Mm -hmm. From that point on, Gary appeared to constantly be stressed out and claimed that no one understood him. Oh my gosh, Kayla. I feel like something mentally was like going on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These are like early signs. Yeah, these are early signs of mental struggle for him, for sure. He started becoming more and more paranoid as well. He wouldn't sit with his back toward any door. And he started keeping a baseball bat in his room. Mm hmm. There was, I read that he also claimed that one night someone snuck into his, like broke into his home while he was in the shower or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was just he was kind of mm-hmm, thinking that someone was coming to get him. I also read that somewhere. I also read somewhere that Gary lit a dog on fire as well. Ah! hmm. It oh, was, yeah. I read in a couple places that he started escalating his violence or escalating his behavior to violence toward animals. But I wasn't able to verify that via the court documents. So. Well, if anybody has seen our previous confessions, you know I don't bang with that. No, we don't bang with. We don't bang with um animal, fucking animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. By 11th grade, Gary had dropped out of school. Close family members say that he was normal for the most part until he returned from his first stint in prison. Hmm. He came back with a wife hmm. and would sudden like suddenly start bursting out in laughter for no reason. So they were like, mm. mm okay. Not normal questions. behavior. Where did this woman come from? <laughs> oh, we're gonna get to wait. Okay. Oh, we're gonna get to wait. This is so different, guys. I can stare her in her face. I know, and I it's, feel like we're super close. Yeah. Like in each other's mouth. Like I'm not breathing. And I never do that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. In 1989, Gary pleaded guilty in Dallas County to a charge of aggravated assault and again in 1990 to a charge of aggravated robbery. Gary had also been arrested in 1989 for possession with intent to distribute crack cocaine. The assault charge stemmed from his attack on an ex-girlfriend. Hmm. An attack that left her in the hospital for a week. You don't go to the hospital for a for week, no week for nothing, you know, for just getting punched in the face, lightly tapped or pushed down some stairs. He must have really went in on her. That poor woman. Wow. I'm not sure how long he got sentenced for these crimes and stuff, but I know he was still in prison in 1992 because he was interviewed by a parole division caseworker, and he said that he decided to sell crack cocaine for about six months just to see if he could get away with it. Okay. And that he committed the armed robbery of the grocery store where he used to work as an act of revenge for being fired. So Okay. He doesn't it doesn't seem like he has great decision-making skills. No. Uh it doesn't really seem like he cares too much about right from wrong. No. But it does seem like he knows what right from wrong is. Absolutely. So in the mental capacity in that front, he's he's all there. Yeah. I feel like especially selling coke just to see if you can get away with it, there's other things to do, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gary. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Do I blame him? No. Mm. But trying to see if you can do it to not get caught, you stop like after a month. Like six months, it's like, bitch, you were trying to see if you could take that to the Make some money To the bank, bank you know? <laughs> like you were trying to make a career out of that. Right. He's wrapped in at this point. Mm-hmm. So Belinda Lacey, who was a former correctional officer at a facility where Gary was incarcerated, mm-hmm. said that Gary married her hmm This is the wife that the family was talking about. And then he abandoned her shortly after she helped convince state parole officials to release him. <laughs> Psychopath. Classic, manipulative man. Yes. We've seen many of those in all shapes and sizes. Literally yesterday. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Terrible. Mm-hmm. Gary would go on to have a relationship with a woman named Shilando Ransom, who would end up ma- mothering two of his children. So, Gary has kids of his own. Mm-hmm. And she claimed that Gary was very easily angered and had choked her to the point of losing consciousness. Oh, my God. And this is the mother of his kids. How do you stay with someone? How do you... That would put like the fear of God in me. Like I couldn't. So, Kayla, are you serious? I couldn't. I'm unconscious. I'm unconscious, bitch. I've never been unconscious in my life, By I have, but not by a man or anything like forceful like that. I've never. It's not fun. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the lack of control there already is just not for <laughs> it's me. Freaking, it's Christ. not for me. <laughs> <laughs> a former correctional officer mentioned an incident during Gary's incarceration in which Gary threw a food tray at him. And it like hit him in the face. I don't know if it hit him in the face, but it like hit his, him in the, in his saw personal his, space. Assault against <laughs> there the go, him. There you go. Chris Charge him. Mm hmm. Gary's former supervisor at the grocery store said that Gary, when Gary robbed the, um, grocery store, he was very violent. He like let off shots, like gunshots. He kicked the door in, was doing a bunch. Like he didn't know them at mm-hmm, all. Mm hmm. And he had, like accomplices with him at the time too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So imagine someone inviting someone into your home for them to just turn around and invite three more people to come back into your home and to ruin everything and to rob you. Yeah. That's pretty intense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and disrespectful. Trust no one. Mm-hmm. So basically Gary is just a fucking dangerous menace to society. And just so you guys know, all of the things that I said about the correction officer, the former supervisor, all of these people Testified at Gary's trial. Spoiler alert: He goes to trial, and they all testified against him. Great. So these are facts. That's a great spoiler alert. <laughs> you guys knew what the fuck was about to happen. It is not known if Lavetta was aware of Gary's extensively violent past, but I'm almost sure she didn't know because from what I read about Lavetta, she would have never fucked with a nigga like this if she knew this what type of nigga he was. Mm. She was a strong, independent woman who loved her children with all her heart. So, LaVetta, or LaVita, whichever one, sorry, sis. LaVita Danelle Armstead was born on August 12th, that's our mother's birthday, 1976. She's a Leo. She's such a Leo. An incredible Leo. And she was described as, by her oldest son, a beautiful, loving, energetic human being that always radiated positivity. Well, isn't that beautiful? And rare in 2021. She had an incredible ability to make someone feel loved and just automatically better about themselves. (laughs) I found the cutest video of her, Kristen. So, pull it up, bitch. Which one pull is it is up. It? Oh. It's the video of her jamming out to a song that she liked. And it was the cutest cute thing. The it. cutest thing that I've ever seen. And it really touched my heart. She's so cute. Guys, my fucking heart. Jamming out. She was so cute. You so have to see music? this clip. Yeah. Who, who cares? Who cares? She's adorable. By 27 years old, she had three children. Jerome, aka JT, was the oldest. Jarrett was the middle child and Jasmine was the youngest. Aww. Jerome was the oldest and he thrived in his big brother role. He said he always had to like do the dishes and do all this, that, and the third, which I totally can relate. Jarrett was a love bug who wore his heart on his sleeve. Literally like me. <laughs> he must have been a cancer. And Jasmine was a feisty little thing mm-hmm. that told it like it was, period. I can resonate. Kristen can feel that. One of the neighbors actually shared a story about Jasmine, where the two boys were talking about how fine a woman was. (laughs) They were like, "Mm, she looks good. And they were talking about how they were going to get her. Period. Period. And (laughs) Jasmine came off and was like, both y'all ugly. she should. (laughs) And she's her two brother. And she was like six years old. (laughs) So I love her. (laughs) So yeah, she loved her kids down and had a very close relationship with them. She worked as a teacher and provided a middle class life for her and her children, which I was like, okay. And with no man in sight. She's a baddie. No man in sight. I couldn't find any information on how the two met, mm-hmm. meaning Gary and Levita, but it seems as though they were really happy when the relationship first started out. Okay. So good that Lavetta agreed to marry Gary in 2009. Wow. Mm-hmm. Coming into the marriage, Lavetta was bringing way more than Gary. She had her own house. She had a good job. She had her own core what the fuck did gary have what did she need gary for because she didn't need him for anything this was had to be love right because he wasn't paying no bills right. he had a job at walmart bitch and he maybe like moved in with a couple pairs of shoes like i'm giving him that he was dusty and she was she fell in love yeah she couldn't help what she loved after the after they got married though things turned real bad real quick uh-oh according to jt which is jerome the oldest gary did not give off the vibe of like a loving father he was more focused on getting the respect he felt he deserved from the children like you deserve none what do you do for me i've known you for maybe six months like you know take a pill and chill sir like if you don't bring anything into this house you don't do shit for me i don't owe you anything at all at all but you know you know how men are Mm -hmm. that feel small they have to make everyone else feel smaller Mm -hmm. and i think that's what he was doing jt said he would be aggressive toward them for no reason and just really made them feel uncomfortable and almost afraid it was the same thing for LaVetta as well. She started to see how violent and controlling he was. Mm-hmm. JT said that he knew there were problems and a lot of arguing because obviously he witnessed it. But when he saw his mom come home with a cast one day, he knew things had reached a dangerous point. Uh-oh. And unfortunately, young baby JT was right. Oh, it's time to put the pause on Gary. Bitch... Let me tell you something. This is why you have to have a son. I just read a story the other, actually literally yesterday, mm-hmm. there was a 21 year old son that ended up killing her, her, his, de- his mother's 48 year old boyfriend or something like that because he was being abusive and mm-hmm. stuff. And his mother needed like a walker to get around and stuff too. So he was being abusive to her when she's already in a terrible Disabled. state. Yeah. So he shot the man twice. What? <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Like, this is self-defense. Violence begets violence. And you think a young boy who loves his mom is about to sit there and see his mom getting whooped on? I don't think so. Some boys have it in him to be like, absolutely not. Yeah. And he was 21. You know, he probably was like, you know, I'm a grown man yeah. and I'm about to treat my mom like yeah. that. So. Whew. Yeah. Mm, okay. About a month before the murders, 38-year-old Gary called his mother from Timberlawn Mental Hospital to let her know that he checked himself in because he felt like he was just at the end of his rope. On this call, he told her that he wanted to go to sleep and never wake up. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's super dark. And he actually stayed in this facility for five whole days until LaVita came and picked him up. Mm. Mm -hmm. At this time, Gary and LaVita had only been married a few months. A few months. Month. I think they got married in June of two thousand nine. That's a mad red flag. <laughs> That's a huge <laughs> red flag. This man is in the mental hospital, and it hasn't even been a year yet since y'all gotten together. No, and he's putting his hands on me. I would like, wipe this my is, hands clean. This is getting scary, you know. Wow. Yeah. So on Monday, September 21st, 2009, 32-year-old Lavetta, she was only 32. Mm-hmm. She wrote Gary a note stating that she was done with the marriage and that he needed to move the fuck out. Period. About a week prior to this, Gary had found out that Lavetta was trying to get their marriage annulled behind his back. Uh oh. And we already know he's a little control freak. He doesn't like strong women. Mm-hmm. He probably felt betrayed, like, absolutely all these things he's having another moment of like my you know they're coming against me, yeah. no one's on my side. He's already suicidal, yeah, this is not gonna be good. so when he read this letter, he selfishly he selfishly felt like she was disrespecting him, mm-hmm. so he wrote a letter of his own <laughs> and in his letter, what are you laughing at <laughs> <laughs> The writing of the letters okay, is so, okay. like, old school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That so makes me laugh. Like, you're furious, and you just like... Mm-hmm, Write a letter. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, just <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like, I can only totally imagine. Talking to each other, yeah. like, are they not in the same house? They are in the same house, yes. So. It's kind of cute, <laughs> almost. It's funny. But it's not going to be funny anymore. Mm-hmm. So, when he wrote the letter back to her, he threatened to take five lives that night, including his own. Mm-hmm. So while LaVita is reading this letter in the master bedroom, Gary went to the kitchen and grabbed knives. No. And then he went to Jasmine's room. Kayla, well, I... Sorry, I- did I warn you? This is fucking awful. This is also a listener requested case. <laughs> Who is the listener? I need to message you privately. <laughs> I'm actually about Oh, you guys right now. Hold on. Cause this is intense and it hasn't even begun and it's so intense. It's, we're, we're getting into it. As soon as you said Jasmine and knife, I'm crying. Yeah. It was, it was horrible. And I will tell you now, he didn't use any of those knives on Jasmine. So okay. thank the Lord. So this case was requested by our girl Monica. Hey, hey Monica, Monica girl. Girl, where you get this case from? Where you find this case at? Cuz yeah. well, this is too much. There's also an episode about this case on a show called Evil Lives Here mm-hmm. and it's on Discovery Plus. Sign yourself up for a little trial and watch it cuz it's really 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 good. It's episode season 2 episode 6. You're right welcome. On. I would say. You're Thank welcome. you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, here we go. He headed to Jasmine's room where he tied her up and duct tape her mouth shut. So he tied her hands behind her back and then with a telephone cord, he tied her feet as well. (sighs) Next, he carried Jasmine into the master bedroom and laid her on the end of the bed. He would later admit that Jasmine even attempted to say, boy, stop while he was like tying her up. (laughs) First of all, I love Jasmine. Because we love her. She's my everything. Yes. Calling this grown man a boy. My <laughs> <laughs> like, boy, you better stop. Hey, boy. I ain't got time for this. Put oh me down. Gosh. What are you doing? Literally, Kristen. No. But literally. Put me down. I'm so oh, sad. My fucking heart. Okay. <sighs> Breathe it out, guys. Breathe Put it out with in us. Your face. Mm-hmm. And for the next hour and a half, Jasmine was forced to watch Gary viciously attack her mother, stabbing her a whopping 30 times, even breaking the blade and grabbing another one to continue stabbing her. Yeah. And he brought Jasmine in to watch. Yes. Yes. Like, I'm really going to hurt you, bitch, the worst way I got your daughter. Yes, Kristen. So it wasn't even like killing her was enough. No, no he had to have. He wanted to destroy pain. her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wanted to destroy her. Kayla, I'm so over this case. Well, it gets worse. Ugh, my stomach. <sighs> After Gary was sure Lavetta was dead, he took Jasmine into the master bathroom, filled up the tub, and then held Jasmine under the water. <sighs> she drowned, obviously. No! He held her under there until she um died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He then pulled her out and laid her right there on the bathroom floor. Just literally right at the foot of the tub. I'm so pissed. Gary himself then took a shower, changed his clothes, and headed to the church where 10-year-old Jared and 12-year-old JT were at. So I guess they usually would go to church and stay, you know, for certain events or something. It was a Monday, so I'm not sure they had something special going on, but they were at the church. And he knew that. Yes. According to Jared and JT's testimonies later in court, that day was like any other day. They went to church, but instead of their mom picking them up like she always did, it was Gary this time. JT noticed that Gary was wearing all black, which was pretty strange, mm-hmm. and when he asked why his mom didn't pick them up, Gary said that she went out with some friends and told him to take the boys to their grandmother's house, where Jasmine was already at. Mm-hmm. So, JT's so like- So, he had a whole line oh, ready. Oh, prepared, prepared. So, JT's like, okay, cool, no problem, mm-hmm. whatever. But first, they stopped by the house, and when they got there, Gary told JT- which you guys is the oldest, to go take a shower, and then he told Jared to go put on his pajamas to prepare for bed. So it's kind of like, why am I putting on my my pajamas if I'm just going to my grandma's house. grandma's house? But it was later in the evening. At this time, it was probably around, I want to say 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. 9.15 p.m., so that's likely. According to Jarrett. Gary took him into the kitchen to talk about behavioral issues that he was having at school. And while they were talking, Grabby Grabby, Gary grabbed a knife and held it to Jared's throat and started walking toward the bathroom. So he grabbed Gary like by his collar, had the knife to his neck and was like walking him toward the bathroom where JT was. Mm -hmm. So before JT was able to get out of the bathroom, he heard Jared like scream bloody murder. And he was saying, help, he's trying to kill me. And I'm guessing this is not the same bathroom that Jasmine is in line. No, no, no. That's the master bathroom. So JT, like, comes out, he comes into the bathroom door, like, you know, doorway, where he saw Gary holding Jarrett by his collar with a knife. Mm-hmm. Gary then locked all three of them inside of the bathroom together. That yeah, small-ass bathroom! Kristen, you don't know what, how big... Uh, it hey could look, be a small bathroom. not the master! Let's, yeah, let's just say. <laughs> it probably is a small bathroom, but either way, they're all in this bathroom with Gary, who's sitting on the counter with three knives next to him. And then he says, quote, now give me a reason why I shouldn't kill you. Bitch, I'm about to kill you. There's three of us in here. There's three knives. We all have a fair chance at getting the out out of here. You know? Are you joking? I'm lunging for that. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, bitch. I would look at JT. JT would look at me. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, No, seriously, though. That's the knife. Oh. and these are like me as an adult i'm like bitch what do i do but these are children so they really don't know what the fuck Caleb, to do big ass man has locked them in the bathroom with him and three knives that's <sighs> scary that is that is like facing you're staring death in the in face in the face in the face so jared being better than you me and probably everybody else started listing reasons he said listen <laughs> i'm too young to die um if you really love me you wouldn't kill me Kristen." he was ready to go that poor fucking baby 10 years old. Oh my god, I'm hugging him right now. I'm hugging him. But it seemed to like kind of just make Gary mad. Yeah. And Gary just lunged at him and stabbed him right in the stomach. No. <laughs> yes. No, oh, I'm god. not ready for this. I know. I didn't give that good of a like no, warning at the top. I gotta do better with that. JT said he pushed Gary away with every ounce of strength in his 12 year old body. And when Gary tried to lunge at JT with the knife to try to stab him, he missed. Thank the Lord. Gary then apparently told the boys that he was going to, he wasn't going to kill them, Mm -hmm. but that he had something to show them. And as they were leaving the bathroom, Gary tried to put the knife to Jared's throat again, but this time, like to really try to push it in. Yeah. But. Jared Bang, the motherfucking he's G that he stabbed, is Jared at 10 years old. He's still a G. He ducked out of the way in time. Period.
1: And Jared? Like,
0: Jared? Lord, you have my life in your hands right now, Jared. I'm hanging on by a thread. Your survival instincts are amazing. Gary then said, alright, come on. Like, like, oh. What? I tried again, failed. Okay, now I mean it. Now I mean it this time. I'm really not gonna kill you. Let's go. Like, listen, oh, you got that. Listen, All right, like, like, on? I still want to show you something. Like, like everything is just cool. Like, oh, that was a joke. This is a game. It's, it's, it's disgusting. So wrong. He then led the two boys to the master bedroom where they found their mom lying on the full, fo- on the floor. JT said in the Evil Lives Here documentary episode, he said that she was just like sprawled out and he just ran to her. And fell to his knees and just started crying. Mm. At 12 years old, trying to shake his mom. You know, it was just horrifying. Jeez Louise. And this is when they said Gary confessed to killing their mother because she was trying to divorce him. He said he, quote, loved her to death and didn't want to be without her. So that's why he did what the fuck he did. You were literally going to commit suicide, Gary. You might as well have just done that and taken no one with you. Right. Not that we condone suicide. No, 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 no. But him, if that was your plan anyway, don't involve anyone else. Right. Dickheads. According to JT, he then looked toward the direction of the bathroom and saw his little sister with her arms and legs tied up and no signs of life in her body. Yeah. Kristen's doing the me and you will never part maki dada. Um... (laughs) Um, game no thing from the, no color, yeah, from the color, yeah, from the color purple. That, that. Oh Lord! In the episode, JT said that this was the moment something in him just broke. Period, and that he didn't feel trauma anymore. He just remembers feeling like, "Wow, this is really fucking sick." Wow. Gary changed his clothes again. How- Ooh. <laughs> what are they doing during this time? The kids, yeah. Bitch probably holding their breath to pray that he's gone, you know, or pray that he leaves or is still mourning over their sister and their mom, you know? So Gary changed his clothes again, took some pills off of the dresser and told the boys to call the police after he left. Before leaving, he told the boys he was going to kill himself and then gave them a hug. Yeah, JT said... you. JT said usually he'll say, okay, see you later. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. But then he said this time, he said, it's goodbye. Wow. So after he left, the boys called 911 and ran to their neighbor's house, who yeah. was Latasha Bradfield. And they were comfortable with her. They knew her and stuff. Um, and she took the phone and started talking to the police instead. You guys can hear that 911 call on the episode. According to Latasha, the boys were screaming and crying with Jared holding his stomach because, you know, baby he boy stabbed. was stabbed, saying that Gary had killed their mother and their sister. So obviously she believed them, but she went next door to verify and she saw Everything. Lave- Yep, Levita and Jasmine just lifeless. Police immediately started investigating when they arrived and found four kitchen knives missing from the kitchen and later found in different places around the house. They also found the handwritten letters. Between that, them too. Exactly. In the master bedroom. So if you're on Patreon, you can see the letters right now. And it's pretty eerie because you can see like there's blood on the letters. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel like she was probably still reading the letter when he started attacking her. Or the letter was on the bed. Just something. I were. didn't see a lot of blood on the bed. Mm-hmm. It was mostly in the bathroom and on the floor. Mm-hmm, sure. But, you know who knows. Lavetta's mother later identified the handwriting as being Lavetta's and Gary's. In the letter Gary expressed how angry he was with Lavetta for planning to leave and how he plans to murder the whole family for it. One quote one quote from his letter says, quote, "You asked to see the monster, so here he is. The monster you made me, bitch. There will be five lives taken today, me being the fifth." End quote. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what made him spare the boy? <sighs> Honestly, it was, I think it was just like a freak of nature moment. I think Jared, being the real one that he is, maybe just convinced him and said, you know, if you really love us, you won't do it. Mm-hmm. Because there's really no explanation other than he felt like they were they gave him a good answer, you know? And then he hugs them before he leaves. It's just really fucking sick and twisted. It's completely sick. I don't understand. Because there could be love attached yes. to it, but love can make you do some fucking horrible evil things too. I see. At this point, investigators want to find Gary ASAP mm-hmm. because obviously he's their number one suspect, but it's looking like he's on the run at this point. Until around 2.15 a.m., when Gary, along with his mother and little brother, showed up at a police substation. His mother told a p- the officers working that her son might be involved in a murder. And once confirming some details provided, the officer put Gary under arrest. Okay. So, thank so the Lord. he home to mommy. He did? Mm-hmm. He... <laughs> Let me just say this now. Okay. No. Because we're going to get to it. <laughs> it's a little funny. So, okay. I'm going to wait. Homicide Detective Robert Quirk and his partner, Detective Ahern, headed to the police station from the crime scene to talk to Gary. After Gary was Mirandized, they asked if he was still open to talk with them about what happened, and he agreed and proceeded to give them a full confession. Bitch, no fighting.
1: He was, was like, done. I did this. He was already I did ready this. to kill himself. Yeah.
0: He told the detectives everything. He told them where to find the letters, which they already had. And he even told them where to find LaVetta's car. Because he fled the scene in her car. When they found the car, they find a soda can in there and a Benadryl blister pack mm. with about 26 pills gone. So he attempted suicide with Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna take, take some, some Benadryl. Benadryl. Oh. <laughs> you might need to take the whole bottle. I'm not sure how these things work. Though. I don't think you can commit suicide with something over the counter. I don't know. Something as over the counter as Benadryl. Maybe not. Mm-mm. I mean, it didn't work on him. No. He he probably needed like maybe 200. Pills he was a big boy. Most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of glad it didn't work. He didn't, he's, yeah. he doesn't deserve to just the get sweet out of release yeah. of death. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. During the interview, Gary was compliant and answered all the questions he was asked. He told the detectives about his history of mental illness and how he'd been in a hospital just one month before the murders. He also told them how he felt that Lavetta and her kids were plotting against him, and that he was hearing voices telling him to kill them all. Mm. He was going to then kill himself with the pills so that the family could be reunited again. Wow! Just a psycho. Manipulator, manipulator, family, family annihilator. It's I can't crazy talk. Crazy though, but he has also been going through this since he was young, in yes. his mind. Like the dude's probably schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some stuff that's going on with him, and he cracked. It just really sucks that it seems like it's very likely that people with mental illnesses that aren't treated are likely to become violent and homicidal. Like, why is there a a correlation be- with that, because I feel like the mind is one of the strongest things on our in our body, and yeah. it determines whether we know how to freaking act mm-hmm. or we don't. Yeah, you're right. And when the mind is ill, everything else is you're Ill. playing with fire. So I'm going to play a clip from his interview now. The audio may not be the best because I had to like finesse and record this because Discovery Plus is not letting y'all take shit. Nothing. So, I had to find a way around it. So, listen to this. You no know, that a man is always a patrol. Right. She always tried to patrol me. She wrote so, uh, me a note. She told me that she's going to leave me. She wants to go to all of that life. So, this was yesterday. She telling you in a letter form If she right. wants to move on. How many times you think you Are you talking like a couple times or a bunch of times or? And if you guys can't hear that too clearly, he starts off by saying, usually the man is in control and he is, you know, has the power, but she always tried to control me. That's what he says, Mm -hmm. which is like, if you even glance at LaVita, you know, that's not true. You know, it's not true. And him... It's probably talking about control. It's probably her trying to make him a better person. Like, hey, what do you got going on today? Hey, do this and do that. You know? As the man should. And then he says so nonchalantly, oh, I stabbed her about 30 times. Yeah, maybe 30 times. Ugh, his demeanor too is so relaxed. Like, so relaxed that he did nothing wrong feel. And then when he's asked about Jasmine, that's the only time he shows like real remorse. He was like, you know, when he was holding her under the water, he had to look away because he didn't, he was disgusted by what he was doing. Yet he continued to, to do it. it. So it's like, pish the fuck posh. Whatever you're saying is bullshit. So we know that he has conve- confessed and now it's time for trial because although he gave a full confession, he didn't plead guilty, which is which is understandable. I see your face, but it's understandable in this situation because we're in Texas y'all and Texas will bitch throw you in that chair in a second. So yes, he's facing the death penalty for these cases if he's convicted. Yeah. But all I'm thinking is that he said not guilty by a plea of insanity. Like that's the only plea I could see that I didn't see that that was entered. I didn't see that at all. And we're kind of going to get to that actually. So the trial started in October of 2010. The prosecution was ready as hell for this case. They had their evidence lined up. Everything was straight. They had the DNA they found under Levetta's fingernails. That was straight up hers and Gary's. Mm-hmm. That's it. They also found sperm cell DNA mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in her nook and cranny because, yeah, you know, because they did a swab and stuff like that. But the forensics person wasn't able to tell when the sex happened, the, the intercourse happened. They were just able to tell that it happened relatively recently. Which just makes me sick of him. Which makes me even, even, makes me feel even more disgusted. The medical examiner testified that Levita had been stabbed more than 25 times, including, okay, guys, this is going to get a little graphic. One in the right back, like one in the right side of her back that punctured her right lung and one on the back of the left thigh that was eight inches deep. Jeez, we one stab wound, eight inches deep. Good lord! She also had stab wounds on her elbows and hands, which is so like defensive. You know, absolutely, marks. on the back of her neck, her abdomen, and her upper back. And then these—all these wounds were consistent with the confession that Gary gave. He stabbed her in the neck. He stabbed her in the neck. Yes. Ah. <gasps> oh gosh, I can't, Lord. You know like, what? He must you know what, Monica? Be? I got a bone to pick with you for requesting this case. I'm like, was he turning her? Cause how did he stab her in the back? I front mean, in the back. Well, girl, she's fighting him this yeah, whole time. So you know? To- she really is. And she was able to get off of a couple of, um, uh, swings on him. She actually got a hold of a knife at one point and stabbed him in the back twice. Okay. But it wasn't, they were kind of like superficial wounds, you know? And mm-hmm. she was too badly hurt to do more. Yeah. In regards to little Jasmine, her autopsy showed a hemorrhage on the very top of her head. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking maybe that happened when he was holding her into the water and her head was on the bottom of the thing. Yeah. And she had petechia in her eyes, which means the blood vessels in her eyes had burst. Her lungs showed pulmonary edema, which is caused by low oxygen levels. And residue was also found on her mouth, verifying Gary's claim of putting tape Mm. over it. The prosecution even brought old girlfriends to the stand to testify. Remember, we talked about that earlier. One brave woman provided pictures of the ligature marks around her neck from when Gary choked her with a cord one time. Jeez Louise. You guys will see the pictures in a second if you're on Patreon. They are horrific. Intense. I will not be posting them anywhere else. I thought that they were like like knife marks that had healed. Like That's how deep they look. They are so deep i don't even think they're gonna heal in the sense of like go away Nah, because in the pictures in the pictures they look it looks fully healed Mm -hmm. oh my gosh can you imagine lord help us so basically the prosecution was working overtime they were like this this motherfucker is going to jail if we have anything to do with him but the defense was bitch going out sad per the usual i feel like lately in our cases. Mm -hmm. The defense provided no contradictory evidence Evidence in this case. They didn't try to argue that someone else did it. Nothing like that. How could they? Exactly. They wanted to focus on mitigating factors because you know, what the fuck else can you do in this situation when your client has confessed to a double homicide? And once again, what are mitigating factors? Mitigating factors or are factors that The jury can use to make their decision when it comes to sentencing. Okay. So it's really kind of just like, we're already knowing that we're going to be found guilty. Mm -hmm. Use this to determine how you sentence this man. The defense called a Dr. Martinez to the stand, who after evaluating Gary, diagnosed him with schizoaffective disorder of the bipolar type. Makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is a severe mental illness characterized by severe depression, withdrawal, lack of motivation, insomnia, loss of appetite, intense sadness, and thinking characterized by suspiciousness, agitation, irritability, or elevated mood, and paranoid, possibly delusional thoughts. Okay. So, almost Gary to the T. Right. Dr. Martinez also diagnosed Gary with features of several different personality disorders. Some being borderline personality disorder, paranoid personality disorder, avoidant personality disorder, depressive personality, and antisocial personality disorder. So all of them. So any personality disorder <laughs> that you could possible. Think of. Gary was diagnosed with. <laughs> Which, when situations like that happen, I'm like, it just seems like you're trying to umbrella him into something like you're really just trying to force it because that's way too many labels i feel for one person i don't know i feel like he's been dealing with this all his entire life he could have every single one of them and accumulated them over time but also started out with a bunch (sighs) you're right Pooh. you're right when questioned by the prosecution on a cross, Dr. Martinez admitted Gary was not diagnosed with a mental illness during either of his prior incarcerations or while in custody prior to trial. But Dr. Martinez expressed the, or their opinion that the quality of mental health care Gary received was poor, which is not a surprise at all. They're not really caring if you're mentally okay in prison right you know they're not going out of their way to make sure you're good in that sense so i feel like yeah gary was never properly um evaluated for any of this shit in his life at all but another thing that pisses me off is like he checked himself into a whole mental hospital. Why did they not evaluate him and diagnose him with something, Kristen? You ah, preacher to the choir. Are we kidding? And then for him to have a mental illness history that is documented, and yet there is no diagnosis attached to any of this, no medication. What the? What are we? Ta- what are we doing? What's the point of any of it? So Gary was just left to fester. It seems like it. It really seems like he was just left to. Get worse, and Levada pays the price, and, and she Jasmine. pays the price, and yeah, ja- absolutely, and JT and, and you know Jared because the they're traumatized. Wow. The jury deliberated and found Gary Green guilty of both counts of first degree murder. Great. Period. Apparently, during the punishment phase, was the only time Gary's mental health history was really brought up for consideration. What the fuck is wrong with these defense attorneys? They need to be arrested. Playing with people's lives like this. Which is clearly obviously a huge disservice to his case. Yeah, we know he still did it. But if we're talking about the justice system working, it needs to fucking work whether we want it to you or know not. I, You know what I'm saying? Whether... It's in our favor or against us, whatever. And in our previous case, we even talked about this happening where the defense lawyer did not represent, yep. and it led to almost a great appeal argument because it, you didn't provide what you said you were going to provide. It did lead to a great appeal argument, but the appe- the governor and everyone else didn't give a shit and wanted to put Wanda to death. Mm-hmm. So that case was crazy. Anyway- Gary's mother, brother, and grandmother all spoke about his tendency to hear voices and how long he'd been dealing with these kinds of issues. So, literally his whole life. But at this point, after hearing everything he did to Lavetta and Jasmine, the jury wasn't trying to hear any of that. And they sentenced him to death. Wow. Jared was even brave enough to address Gary in court, saying, quote, Hey, Gary, I love you. And I thought you weren't going to portray me like this. To me, you were my father and I love you. But I'm not going to let you take over my life. End quote. Kayla, I'm crying. I actually, my nose is tingling up a little bit. No, my eyes are about to overflow. <sighs> what but a this strong This is Jared. Man. Yeah. This is Jared, the one that was stabbed. The one that honestly saved him and his brother's he life did. by saying, "I'm we're too young to die. Like, don't fucking do it. But he was also the one that was like hurt physically by Jared. Absolutely. Gary as well. Absolutely. And still was like strong enough to even oh. face this man and say something like that. <sighs> this is hard. Jared, if you're listening, you are incredible. You are an incredible person. JT as well. <sighs> Lord, I can only pray for you guys. In his appeals, they claimed that Gary was suffering from mental illness when he killed LaVetta and Jasmine and that he was not cognizant of what he was actually doing. That's a lie. Complete lie. Thank you, Kristen. He was having a delusional and paranoid moment and felt like his family was conspiring against him. Essentially, they are reaching for an insanity defense, mm-hmm. finally, mm-hmm. or a diminished capacity, capacity ruling at best. But the appeals court had the following to say, quote, in order for diminished capacity to negate the required mens rea, and mens rea is the intention or knowledge of wrongdoing. Okay. The jury would have to believe that the appellant suffered from a mental illness, that he was suffering from that very mental illness at the time of the murders, and that because of the mental illness, he was not acting intentionally or knowingly when he committed the murders. So basically, they have to believe that you were having an episode right, when you which committed led to the murder. Mm-hmm. They went on to say, the record shows that evidence of appellant's mental illness was not presented until the punishment phase of trial. Moreover, even if appellant had presented such evidence during the guilt stage, given the motive, the letter, and the confession, a rational trier of fact could still have found beyond a reasonable doubt that appellant was guilty of capital murder. Point of error 26 is overruled. So, basically... They denied his appeal. They said it doesn't matter if you had all this mental health issues and stuff like that. Even if your defense attorney didn't shit the bed and mentioned it at your first trial, it wouldn't have made a difference. Wow. And Gary Green is still currently sitting on death row in a Texas penitentiary. Girl. And he's 50 years old. Only 50. He got a long way to go. He got a long way to go. But he is on death row. He is on death row. He's waiting to be put to death. (sighs) Yeah. That's hard. Because on one hand, this man has been dealing with mental issues his entire life. Correct. Who was batting for Gary? Who was trying to say Gary needs help? No one. When they could before he committed a crime like this. No one. But at the same time, I completely agree with the appellate court. Are you kidding me? You didn't have a yeah. mental episode when you killed them. No. You had enough sense to write a letter mm-hmm. to sit down and do that. Let her read it. Go prepare and get the knives. Yes. Tie Jasmine up. You yes. Knew exactly what there you was were doing. complete and utter premeditation. And, and then go get the boys. I was about to say, and then bring them back and, and threaten to kill them as well. It's just, there was so much like, I want to do this, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do this. Because and then, then even, I'm off myself. Exactly. And then even him admitting to the boys, I killed your mom because she was leaving me. That has nothing to do with your mental illness, mm-hmm. sir. If you had a moment where you did something and you didn't know why or what you were doing, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had the wherewithal to tell them. The reasoning behind exactly. it. Exactly. And he wasn't making that up. It wasn't no, like, oh, was it's real. in her in my head that they're plotting against me. No, she literally wrote a letter. Yeah. Like, she wants to divorce <laughs> She was plotting to leave you. You weren't delusional. No, in this that moment. was your reality. Yeah. Yeah. And he fucking snapped. Wow, that was so hard. That was really hard. I was praying to God, Jasmine did not die. I know, oh. I know. I know. I know. When I first saw it, I was like. Obviously, heartbroken. Lavita died, but then I read more, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like Jasmine was only six years old. The only thing she did wrong was be in the wrong place in the house at the wrong time, and it's just awful. So I'm really, really glad that the state of Texas got it right. You know what I'm saying? The person that's responsible for this is being held responsible, and that's pretty much the only positive thing that came out of this, other than JT and Jared still, you know, being alive. Thank the Lord. And JT has a daughter now. Wow! And he said she reminds her he she reminds him so much of Jasmine. She's so sassy, and if you saw a picture of her, Kristen, they look so much alike. Her so and Jasmine, mu- yes, so much alike. So it's so precious and beautiful, wow. and well. If you guys do not see a pattern out of all the BTC cases we have, it's that mental illness is freaking real. Yeah. Yeah, it's if not. If you a know joke. someone who needs help, get them help. Nowadays, shit like that is for free. You can yeah. find resources and organizations that help people with mental illness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please, for the love of God. You could literally be saving your life, someone else's life. Shit. Thank don't you. don't sleep on your mental health. So period. <laughs> with that being said. With that being said, we love you guys so much and don't forget,
1: protect. be safe.
0: Kristen fucks us every time. <laughs> be safe. Protect, <laughs> protect your, your peace and, and protect, protect your, your space. space. So we don't have to cover your case. Bye. Love you, bye. You have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me.